everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. We are really excited today to have a special interview for you with uh, the writer for the movie that's coming up today, today on Hallmark Channel, uh, the, uh, the author of the book that the movie is based on, Suzanne Nelson. And uh, she's, she's the author of You're Baking Me Crazy. And Suzanne, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's really exciting to be here. Uh, so what we like to do with our guests is we like to give you a chance to introduce yourself and, and tell us what inspired you to become a writer. Oh, wow. So <laughs> I'm Suzanne Nelson, and um, I have been a children's book writer for, um, wow, a long time. Um, I think about 15 years now, um, but I've actually been a writer unprofessionally for my entire life, pretty much. So um, I, I wanted to be a writer from the time I was about in second grade on. And I actually wrote down in um, this little book that my mom kept um, that tracked our school years. When I was in second grade, I wrote down that I wanted to be a writer, but I had no idea how to spell. So I wrote R-I-T-E-R -E instead of W-R-I-T-E-R. -E yeah. <laughs> um, so, so from a very early age, I was writing and um, I when after I graduated from college, I went on to become a children's book editor in New York City. And so I worked with other people on their writing for eight years in um, the city wow. before, yeah, before I started uh, getting published and, and writing full time on my own. That's and great. I have, yeah, so <laughs> I've written a whole line of books for Scholastic, the foodie book line, which started with Cake Pop Crush and um, also includes You're Baking Me Crazy, which is going to be the Hallmark Channel movie that we're all going to hopefully be watching tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, 8 Central. And um, in addition to that, I've written for um, Knopf Books for Young Readers, which is a division of Random House. And I've written for Penguin in the past. So I've got, um, I've, I've written, over 20 books not all of them have been under my name but um some of them have been under pseudonyms when i was first Ooh. starting out which was really yeah that was fun <laughs> yeah um so yes so it's it's i love my job one thing i wondered about you said on your website that you had to learn or maybe it was ruth's interview i can't remember but you said that you had to learn to write what people wanted as opposed to just what you had uh, your idea your ideas and I was curious right. though like sometimes it can feel so random what people want and <laughs> at least to me sometimes I, I'll have a podcast where I think oh phew, this one's people are gonna love this this is so funny this is so enjoyable and it just kind of eh, it doesn't really and then ones that I just think it's fine you know it was, it was yeah. I, I like all I, I sincerely do like every episode of my podcast but uh, I'm, I'm very <laughs> ridiculous that way but um but you know the ones that i don't think will make that big a splash and then people love it you know it's, it does very very well i feel like it's so hard to know what people will like right right so yes i mean that is definitely true and as a rule of thumb when i talk to other people who want to be successful published writers the 
first thing that I say to them is don't follow market trends because by the time you figure out what is hot in the market at any given point in time, yeah. by the time you write it, it will be over. Um, so you, you definitely want to write things that are meaningful to you personally. Um, but you also have to tell a story that will appeal to other people. So I'm actually working with my daughter right now who's in fourth grade. Um, she's writing uh, her, one of her first short stories for school right now. And I literally just told her yesterday as I was reading through it, I said, um, you know, you have to make sure that the reader wants to read this story and that you're, you have this idea in your head for this fantastic story, but you have to put that down on paper or no one else is going to understand what you're saying. So I think that's really part of it. And what I learned as an editor when I was working on other people's work was um, you definitely have to write things that the ideas that you're in love with as a writer, but they also need to appeal to a larger audience because otherwise you're just going to end up writing for yourself um, mm -hmm. without anyone else seeing it, which is perfectly fine. You know, that's, that's a, that you still, you know, improve your writing skills and everything by doing that. Um, but in more like fan fiction. It. Right. So that's a whole different, yeah, that's <laughs> fan, fan fiction is, fan fiction is a whole nother ball game, which I've never really, uh, d done any of, um, you're kind of just writing for yourself when you're writing fan fiction for the right. most part. So, right. But you know, for example, my, my line of, of foodie books for Scholastic, you know, I wrote cake pop crush and then you're baking me crazy was the second one. And after that after we I started getting responses from readers and I started learning what they really enjoyed about those particular books and that helped me as I went forward to write the rest of the books and and there are um the ninth book in the series comes out um next uh September in early yeah. September and um so they're all very different they all have different storylines and different characters but um you know, I, I always try to include some kind of a friendship and family dynamic that is very um, timely for my readership, which yeah. is um, tweens, you know, mm -hmm. they're, they're ages um, fourth grade up. So, yeah. you know, nine, 10 year olds up. And I think somewhere you said that you were writing a picture book and, and that was interesting to me because my sister is actually a picture book author. Uh -huh. uh, and now she's transitioning hopefully i think she's doing a graphic novel i think uh next and uh and some other things so she's kind of transitioning hopefully kind of out of that or combining adding on to it uh and uh so how how's how how do you kind of when you when you're writing for different genres or age demographics i guess might be the word right. uh right. Do, is that kind of challenging to sort of put on your hat for that type of writing Absolutely. Um, I, I will say that I truly believe that for me, writing picture books is far more challenging than writing a novel. I tend to be, uh, I think I'm just a novel writer by nature because I'm long-winded when I, when I write. Um, so I, picture books are extremely challenging because you have such limited words in which to tell your story. And with a picture book, um, the illustrations are so important and they make up so much, so large of a portion of the actual 
book. Um, so when I was the children's book editor, I worked a lot on other people picture, other people's picture books, and that was fantastic for me because I was really good at working on other people's books and helping them make their books fantastic. But when it came to writing picture book manuscripts myself, it was very challenging. Yeah. So. Um, it's a totally different, it's a totally different type of writing style. Um, and the fact that you're telling a story in so few words makes it a real challenge. Um, there, uh, when I, I teach picture book writing workshops to, uh, to elementary school kids several times a year, and I usually always tell them most picture books are 30 page, 32 pages long. And, um, I actually have practice picture books that I give out that are 32 pages long. And I say, you know, the best way to write a picture book is to map it out on all of those pages with the text and the art so that you can see how much room you have and where the story is going. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's a, it's a totally different, it's a, it's a really, in my mind, it's a very different art form than novel writing. Yeah. This is interesting. Yeah, I think definitely, especially because you don't have the illustrations in front of you. So when you're writing, you have to kind of, I mean, unless you happen to be in a, an illustrator slash writer, uh, if you can, unless you combine them all. But, uh, but yeah, it's definitely a, a challenging thing. I've seen it with that's, my sister. Yeah, that's very true. And what a lot of people don't know is you know, as, as the writer for a picture book, you don't have, um, any say in who the illustrator is for that particular book. Yeah. And many times the author and illustrator is different, as you know, because your sister is a picture book writer. And so, yeah. um, so you're writing the story and then usually the illustrator comes after that fact. So with the picture book that I have coming out next fall over in a stable, which is with Zondervan Kids, that um, that particular picture book, I didn't see the artwork for that until months after the manuscript had already been written and revised and edited. But that's that's a really exciting process too, is waiting for the art. Um, you know, because I was an editor, I really appreciate um, how much effort and time goes into selecting illustrators on the other end of the publishing process mm -hmm. when, you're, when you're at a publishing company. And so it was so exciting for me to see the illustrator get chosen and um, see the final artwork come in. That was fun. Yeah, I bet. That sounds fun. So how do you decide to narrow things down to middle grade as opposed to a YA or a younger uh, young, younger category, uh, how, how did, did is, or is that sort of decided for you by the publishers? Um, no, I mean, I've dabbled in a little bit of everything. So I, I have a YA novel, um, that was published, uh, about five years ago now called Serendipity's Footsteps. And that was very much, um, for older teens and crossover into women's fiction. And it mm -hmm. was a much more serious historical fiction, young adult novel, um, about World War II and the Holocaust. Um, so I really enjoyed writing that. Um, and at the same time, simultaneous to me writing that, I was working on the um, foodie line for Scholastic. And um, this particular line is, has just really been very popular with readers. And um, I get letters all the time from um, readers who, a lot of times I hear from them saying that they hated reading until they picked up one of um, 
these books, you know, K-pop crush or you're baking me crazy. Um, and then all of a sudden they were finishing the book in a day and they had to have all of the rest of the books in the scholastic line. And so we had no idea when I wrote K-pop crush that the line of books was going to take off the way that it has. Um, I'm thrilled by that. And I'm especially very happy to know that I've reached readers who may not have otherwise found a love of reading, if not for this particular line. And then mm -hmm. they branched out from, from these books. And that is probably one of the most gratifying things for, I think, any writer is to know that you're reaching a readership that needs what you're writing. Yeah. Um, it's very satisfying. And it's one of the reasons why I why I keep writing and why I think a lot of authors write is because you're reaching those readers and you know mm -hmm. your words are are impacting them in some way. Yeah, I think that's really true. I it reminds me of my my younger I've younger siblings who are way younger than I am. And my younger brother, when he was little, so this was younger than your age demographic, but, but, uh, but he, I don't know, he was six, maybe seven. And uh, <laughs> he was struggling to read and, and not doing well in his reading at school, but he would read with my mom all the time and really enjoy it. And so finally one day she's like, I don't understand. Why are you struggling at school? And you really like reading these stories. And I think she was particularly reading the Hardy Boys at the time to him. Uh -huh. Anyway, and he was like, my brother was like, he's like, that's because those books are dumb. <laughs> those books are dumb. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's really true that like a lot of what we like primers and stuff like that are, they're not good stories. They're boring. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I think really, I mean, yeah, it's, it's all about finding the particular book that a, a, yeah. any particular reader is going to fall in love with. Yeah. And it's that, it's that moment. And it's funny because, you know, like I said before, I have three kids and for that, for each of them, that moment has been different and it's been with a different, it's been with a different kind of book. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's true for everybody. You, you have to find those books that speak particularly to you. And honestly, I, I love writing for middle grade because um, that period of my childhood was um, not, not a particularly easy one. Um, yeah. I had some family drama going on. And also, you know, being a teenager is just hard to begin with. And socially, it's, it's I mean, it's really, it's just so hard. Yeah. Um, no matter what, no matter what your family dynamic is or what your, you know, how popular you are, how many friends you have, it's just hard. Um, and I, I, I still remember that period of my life so vividly because it was such a struggle. And, um, and there were a lot of things I wish that I had been more of during that time. I wish I had been braver. I wish I'd taken more risks. I wish I hadn't been so afraid of failure. I wish I had worried less about how I looked and how other people thought about me. Yeah. Um, I think especially those middle school years are especially rough. I, I, I swear I went through like four groups of friends in three yeah. years. It's a tough yeah. time.
It, it really is. And, and that's what I, you know, I kept all of my diaries and journals from that period of my life. And my friends and I in, in middle school and high school had little notebooks that we would pass around to each other between the classes. And these notebooks were filled with all of our angst, right? All, the yeah. crushes that we had on boys, the fight that we had with our parents, the fight that we yeah. had with BFF. It's like your and burn I, book. Yes, totally. And so I, I love going back and looking at those because they really give me a lot of great insight into where I was emotionally at that point in my life. And I can tap into that when I'm writing these yeah. stories. Um, so I think, I think this niche just fits me because um, that period in my life has lingered in my memory. Yeah. Um, for so long. Um, so, so yeah. And I mean, I've written other middle grade novels too, totally different from this foodie line. Um, the most recent one is called The Tale Magnolias, and that was written for Knopf Books for Young Readers. And that one has more magic in it. It has an elephant named Magnolias that I love. It has an orphan named Nitty in it. But even, even that one, um, that one takes place during the Great Depression and the Dust Bowl years in the Midwest. And even though that one is, um, you know, isn't as contemporary as my other ones, that one still deals with a lot of issues of, you know, finding friendship, finding a place where you belong, finding a, finding family, and whether that's a traditional family or non-traditional family, who cares as long as it's, it's you know, a Loving. family that loves and accepts you. Yes, absolutely. I yeah, I definitely agree. One thing I was wondering about with the foodie books – I think bacon is the only one that uh, is a savory food. They're all their sweet food. So I was wondering, do you have a big sweet tooth? Is that why? Or do you, uh, it, do you picture doing other savory? Like would we have a one about barbecue or something like that? Right. So, um, so I actually, it's funny because I keep an ongoing list because my friends and I, we, we always laugh about the, puns you know the crazy puns yeah. that um, that are the titles for these books and um i'm really lucky to have some great editors at scholastic and it's very much a collaborative process when we're coming up with the titles um so sometimes the titles sometimes scholastic has an idea for a title sometimes i do so um one of my favorite books in the line is called i only have pies for you um <laughs> Which, which I, that one is yeah. one of my, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, I, you know, every writer has, every writer loves each book in a different way. You know, every yeah. book that you write is kind of like one of your children. So you love each book, but for totally different reasons. And I, I really love, I only have pies for you. Um, <laughs> and um, that one is just really cute and really fun and is based in a small town in the South. And I'm, I'm a Texas Aggie. So I got to um, relive my four years in Texas when I was writing that book. And I set it in a really small town along the Brazos River. And it was just really fun to write. But, um, but yeah, so, so because it's a collaborative process, you know, we come up with the titles and um, the food of choice um, together as, as a team. Yeah. Um, and bacon is the, the only savory one, which is funny, but I have, I have some ideas for some other savory ones, which I can't, I can't tell because they're top secret. Um, 
I don't know whether any of those will come to fruition. I will say that there is going to be a 10th foodie book. I can't reveal the title. That one is also dessert, but, um, but yeah. to answer your, to answer your question about the sweet tooth, I absolutely <laughs> have a sweet yeah. tooth. Yeah. It, Oh my gosh. Fresh baked goods are, I mean, you put a hot brownie straight out of the oven in front of me and I'm eating it within two. I can't even wait for the pan to cool before I'm scooping yeah. it out. I will scoop it out as in molten lava form and eat it. Um, so, yeah. so chocolate, fresh baked cookies, brownies, those are my weaknesses. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you could have like, I ramen you or something like that. I know, right? Yeah. Right? Well, I think it, it would be fun to do one with pasta. I think it would be really fun yeah. to do one with pasta. Um, and I mean, we could do lots of different savory ones. Yeah. So I guess it depends on, you know, ultimately how many books in this line of books there ultimately ends up being. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. That's that's a, a big question. So it's yeah. still going. It's still going. So we'll see. Because right now, I, I I think you have a shake, a pie, a hot cocoa, macaroon, bacon, donuts, and cake pops. Yes, and we have Sundays too. Ice cream. Sunday, okay. my friends will come. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, you can't say you can't say the titles of these books without at least smiling. I yeah. mean, most of the time, people most of the time when when people find out for the first time what the names of these books are, they instantly start giggling. And you know, I mean, who doesn't love a good pun? And um, so I, I think that's part of the appeal. I, I think you know these books are intended to make the, the readers feel good at the end of them. You know, yeah. they're, they're just like little rays of sunshine to give hope to teenagers everywhere that they're going to survive their adolescence. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so needed. That's great. Yeah. I, I love the titles so much. I, I think, because especially when I heard that they were making, with Hallmark was making a You're Baking Me Crazy, I thought for sure that the title would end up being changed because so many times, <laughs> so many times with Hallmark, the announced title is right. way better than the final title that they end up going with. And and they've had just some such bland titles in the last little while. Something like a winter romance or like Christmas yeah. love story. I mean, like, could you get more generic than that? I mean, <laughs> it's like the kind of title that you give when you're just like at the initial brainstorming phase of your of right. your script you're not even right. you know you're just like i'll just put winter love story and, and like right 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 now and so i was so excited when i heard that they were actually keeping the name I'm like wow this is so great and so you know my expectations are pretty high for this film not gonna lie and uh <laughs> and just just on the title alone i think it's so funny and yeah. i mean i I never met a good pun that I didn't, that I didn't really enjoy. I think it's, it's great. Right. Right. I mean, it's, it's really kind of ironic because my dad is actually the king of puns. And yeah. when I was growing up, half of our dinnertime conversations <laughs> centered around how many bad puns and cheesy puns yeah. he could make just going in a, yeah. in a string of, of puns. Um, I think it's a dad so, thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, really I mean, I, we, we grew up with that. So I think it's very, um, 
uh, very serendipitous that yeah. I ended up writing a line of books that revolve around um, foodie puns. Yeah. Um, but I was really excited that Hallmark Channel decided to keep the title too, because, yeah. um, you know, for, for a long time, everything involving the movie was very top secret. So um, I wasn't even sure if it was, we were waiting for confirmation to see if it was actually going to happen. And then I got confirmation that, you know, it was actually going to happen. And then the next thing I knew it was in production and then they were filming and then the filming was done in, in, you know, something crazy time frame. Yeah. you know, 15 days or some really yeah. intense frame. Um, so the whole thing happened really quickly um, after the ball finally started rolling. And um, it was really thrilling the first time I saw the movie poster, which is absolutely adorable. Um, and I love Natalie Hall and Michael Rady standing there and they're yeah. surrounded by these really colorful fruits and I mean, vegetables, vegetables. But no bacon. And, I was no slightly bacon. disappointed that there was no bacon. No bacon. I, I know. <laughs> I know. And I, you know, I, but that's, but, but again, this is, you know, as the author, I, I'm basically on the periphery watching all of this yeah. unfold, which is really exciting for me. And, you know, never in a million years did I ever imagine that any of my books would become a movie. It was kind of a pipe dream. And I always thought, oh my gosh, you know, if only that, that, and I would kind of laugh about it. And then, and then this happened. And so it's just, it's beyond my wildest dreams, honestly. Um, and I'm thrilled. I think everybody loves the title. And, yeah. Oh, and yeah. I mean, yeah. And it's yeah. just, it's making people go, is that really the title? But at the same yeah. time, they're laughing and then they're intrigued by it. And so I think it's a win-win. <laughs> I, I do too. I absolutely love the title. It's, yeah. it's the, I mean, and I love Natalie. I got, I got yeah. to interview her and she's, the best and Michael Rady is actually had a really good interview. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, I listened to the podcast and it was so great. I loved hearing everything that she had to say about the movie, and she just seems so sweet and yeah. so down to. I'm I'm so excited that she's playing Cleo because writing the character of Cleo it was one of my favorite parts of writing this particular book. I I loved Cleo's character in the book, and mm -hmm. um, she was just so vivacious and so um so full of life and passion for what she was doing and i think that's gonna i think that's gonna cross over into the movie and i think uh, natalie is just the perfect cleo so i'm i'm over the moon about her being cast as cleo yeah yeah i really did love that interview too i loved how she kind of started interviewing me after a while <laughs> I, I loved that too she that was, was throwing all those questions back yeah. at you yeah so that one was a really really fun one and i i i just i just really like her and, and michael radium he's been on a winning streak he had two of the best movies uh for hallmark last year and uh and he he's just great but i i'm really curious to see him in this one because both of the ones last year were both on the more serious side yeah but uh you know now this one's a little bit more of a, of a comedy it seems like so I'm, yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing that side of him yeah i think that'll be fun too i mean i remember when he played costas in sisterhood <laughs> of the traveling pants yeah. yeah and i mean I, first of all, I loved those books. And um, I mean, I read, I'm, I'm such a sucker for any, I read middle grade and young adult novels mm -hmm. as, a, as a staple because, you know, I want to keep yeah. up on what, what's out there. And I also, 
Um, I also read, you know, just to keep my, my own creative juices flowing. It helps to inspire me. And, sure. and I read looking at other authors' crafts. But um, so I loved those books. And, and I loved that he played Costas in, in those movies. So um, I'm excited to see him in this. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I think it'll be, it's going to be funny. And it's, it's going to be cute and light. And I think everybody needs a little bit of happiness and a cheer right now. So I'm, yes. I'm glad that it's coming out when it is. I think it's very timely that we, we need this little dose of sunshine. I agree. I definitely agree. And so, yeah, this is a very loose adaptation, it seems like, of the novel. Because obviously you have a different protagonist uh, right. than in the novel. Uh, had, was that, you were cool with that? You were fine with that? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I knew, you know, this goes back to what I was saying, you know, with the author kind of being on, on the periphery. Um, you know, I, I knew that once, um, the, once Hallmark channel decided to move ahead with the movie that, um, that, you know, anything could happen with the storyline. And I'm thrilled because I, you, I'll see tomorrow night when I watch it because I haven't actually seen it yet. Yeah. So I'll be watching it for the first time along with everybody else. Um, but they, they kept a lot of the elements in the story. And Tessa, who is Cleo's niece in the book, and Tessa was actually the main character in the book, you're making me crazy, but she still has a role in the movie and she still plays um, Cleo's niece in the movie too. So I was really happy that um, Tessa was included in the movie. And, um, and I just kind of looking at, look at it as, um, you know, in, in the book, um, you see the story from Tessa's point of view and you see her story unfolding as she works at the food truck. And in the mm -hmm. movie, we're going to get to see it from Cleo's perspective. And so, and we get two romances for the price of one, because um, in the You're Baking Me Crazy book, there's a little sweet crush romance going on for Tessa. And then in the movie, we're going to have the whole Cleo and Gabe food truck rivalry um, slash romance. Yeah. Um, so, so I think it's great because I think, you know, you, you get two fun, sweet romances, one in the book and one in the movie that you can enjoy and they both tie together. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm happy about that. And I, you know, and I'm really happy that Hallmark Channel chose to pick it up because, um, it's a great venue for family viewing and, mm -hmm. you know, this is a movie that's families can watch together and then they can go read the book or if they've read the book already then they can watch the movie together um there are a lot of uh parents and kids that read these books together you know daughters get their moms involved in reading the books with them and there there are book clubs and things like that so i think this is a great um outlet for for all of that mm -hmm. um yeah that's a really yeah. healthy perspective i think because uh I mean, you don't have any control. You don't have any control, so you might as well be happy about it and enjoy it. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> right. Right. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I'm really, I like I said, I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, just this different take now that I've read the book. And uh, but I had a couple questions just about the book version, at least. Yeah. So, uh, um, was Tessa was was she based on anybody that you know or? just kind of a unique character. 
No, I, I don't usually base my characters on people that I know because that gets really dangerous. <laughs> you, don't, you don't ever want to get a phone call from a really good friend that says, what, what, you yeah. put me in your book? Um, right. So I think I, I pull inspiration from a lot of different places. And um, a lot of the characters that I portray in these books all have elements of pieces of my personality as a teenager in them, I would say. So, you know, Tessa's passion for, um, for helping with her aunt's business, um, that is a little bit personal for me because um, I, my family, I come from a long line of farmers, actually. <laughs> um, and so a lot of the women in my family have gone on to have roles helping and owning family businesses and so i have i've been able to witness firsthand the dynamics that go into small family businesses and what it takes to run them and um all the different dynamics and conflicts that can arise with that so i think a lot of that went into the book um and went into tessa's passion for wanting to help uh, save her aunt Cleo's food truck and help her with the food truck competition and her intense loyalty to her family. Um, I also feel like there, there were some elements in there, you know, the mother daughter dynamic between Tessa and her mom in the book. Um, I, I had a mom who for a variety of reasons had to work really long hours. And now that I am a grown woman and I work as well, and I'm trying to raise my kids too, I completely see it from a different perspective than I did when I was younger. Mm -hmm. But when I was younger, it wasn't always easy. Um, and I didn't always understand the way I do now, how as a mom and a wife and a professional woman, you're getting pulled in all these different directions all at once. So that dynamic is present in the book. And I think I, I pulled a little bit from my personal experience with that too. But I mean, overall, you know, all the characters in these, these, this particular line of books, I try to, to portray realistic conflicts that they're dealing with. And also, also, I want them to all be strong characters. I want mm -hmm. them to all be fighting for something that they believe in and be brave enough to stand up and, and fight for it. And so I think that comes across in her personality in the book too. Yeah, I think so. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, it is like the, I feel like everybody has that moment of growing up where you realize, oh, my parents are, were just trying their best. They were just figuring it out as they went. They're not, uh, that you like humanize your parents because when they're, uh, when you're, when you're a teen and especially in the middle school years, they're the authority figure. They're the right. one. So it's easy to point out any degree of hypocrisy. So right. if somebody's enforcing the rules, then they have to be perfect. Otherwise, oh, you're a hypocrite. You're, you know, you're terrible. I hate you. And then you realize that, oh, they were just, they they were just trying to figure it out <laughs> it's it's so true and i i remember moments when i was i was so hard on all of my parents at different points in that time in my life yeah and 
Um, so, you know, when I, when I write the scenes where there's, I usually, there's always one big family blow up in every one of these books. Um, and one of my editors calls it, you know, she, she said to me recently, she goes, Suze, you're so good at the dark night of the soul moment, (laughs) (laughs) you know, where, where, where the teen is crying in her bedroom and she's just had a huge fight with her mom and dad. And, um, so, you know, I, I, I tap into a lot of the emotions that I felt at that age and they weren't always logical. They weren't always rational. And, um, yeah, you don't tend to see your parents at that point in your life as anything other than the people that are preventing you from having yeah. all this freedom that you want. <laughs> yeah. And so now I can look back on those moments and I can write it from the perspective of who I was at that point in time, but then I can also tap into the parents' emotions and know exactly how, you know, the mother figure is feeling in that moment, in that scene, or the dad is feeling in that moment. Um, So I think that really helps. Um, And each year as a parent, I think it changes my perspective um, on on that too, because I'm still growing as a parent and, uh, and all of those things. So I'm still learning. And I think with each little bit that I learn or I fail or I succeed, I, it helps me a little bit to create those scenes. Yeah, that makes sense. So uh, Tessa has these bobby pins that she <laughs> yeah. has in order to help remind her of, of things and uh, of who kind of who she is and, and of different things in her life. And I was wondering where you got that idea from. Oh, that's so funny. Okay. So one of my favorite movies to watch each Christmas, I subject my children and my family to this every year. <laughs> and they, they, they kind of hate me a little bit for it, but I just love this movie so much. So it's, it's a wonderful life. Of course it is with, with Jimmy Stewart. And in that movie, his uncle, I can't remember the name of his uncle, but his uncle is constantly forgetting things. And his uncle keeps these rubber bands wrapped around his fingers. So oh, that yeah. He, yeah. Do you, so I don't, yeah. have you seen that movie? Oh yeah, of course. Um, right. what, what's his, what's the, uh, I can't think of the uncle's name all of a sudden. I can't either. Yeah. I, can't I mean, either, I can see this. I, I can see yeah. the, the actor in my head. But yeah, he has the strings to try to remind him. Yes, he he takes the strings off as he remembers things. And so when I was writing that moment with the bobby pins, I was thinking about It's a Wonderful Life and the strings around, um, around his fingers. And I thought it would be really cute to incorporate um, that into Tessa's character with the bobby pins. So that's where that came from. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> Cool. So one thing I liked about the book as well is I felt like it, it was actually like, I thought the male characters were actually pretty strong. Like, I think that, that it maybe on the cover and things, it might seem like a, for lack of a better word, a girly book, but I actually don't think it is. Like, I think right. that Asher and Tristan are pretty good characters. And so I was wondering what you thought about that. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, these books, um, yeah, for, for lack of for lack of anything better to say, I think that they tend to be construed as um, you know, girl reads. But um, but yeah, I mean the boy characters in these books, again, I always try to 
include realistic dynamics for um, all of the characters that are, you know, of that age in, in these novels. And um, those characters tend to be dealing with different family dynamics and issues too. And I always try to make sure that that comes out a little bit in the storyline as well. Their particular um, subplot that, that it's strong enough that it carries through. Um, <clears throat> Asher was a fun character to write. And the dynamic between Asher and Tessa in the book was, um, you know, there was a lot of animosity and um, misunderstanding between the two of them at the beginning of the book. And then as they get to know each other, their perceptions about one another change. And um, I love doing that when, when I write books, um, is setting up a dynamic where your first impressions of a particular person are very different than um, than how you see them as you get to know them. Because I think that's one of the things we all struggle with as human beings. Yeah. You know, when, when you see someone for the first time, you can't help making this initial first impression, which is probably totally inaccurate. And then as you get to know them, um, you learn more about them and you start to see them in a different light based on what you know about them. You kind of see what they're, you know, who, who, who they are inside, who they are in their soul. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so I try to convey that a lot in my books because I want that to be something that readers take away from my stories, um, is, is that, you know, you can change the way you feel about people. They may not agree with you on everything. You know, you may not see eye to eye on some things. Um, but, um, but your, your attitude towards other people that you may or may not get along with is, you know, it's, it's up to you to, to change or decide how to deal with it. Um, and it's a very real thing. I think all of us as humans have to deal with that. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think there's no doubt about it. That's for sure. All right. Well, we'd like to end with some fun questions, silly questions. Yay! So <laughs> first question is what is the best ice cream flavor? Ooh, for your ice cream best. book. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So when I was growing up, I loved black cherry vanilla ice cream. That oh. was, yeah, that was hands down my favorite. However, as I've gotten older, my tastes have changed. And now there's this awesome ice cream place um, where I live in Connecticut um, called Deborah Ann's and they make their own ice cream and they have this chocolate brownie fudge fudge ice cream. Mm -hmm. It is unbelievable. It has these enormous chunks of fresh baked brownies in it. And it is just chocolate ambrosia. And I love <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> that sounds really good. <laughs> yeah. All right. What is your favorite color? Ooh, my favorite color, um, lots of different shades of blue. I love calming ocean shades of blue, like turquoise mm -hmm. and teal and yeah i i love oceany colors all right what music are you into right now Ooh, um so we've been having dance-a-thons in our quarantine isolation <laughs> state um yeah. so when when i'm writing it's funny i can't listen to any music with lyrics when i'm writing because inevitably what starts to happen is I start to sing along with the lyrics, um, which totally breaks my concentration. So when I'm writing, I listen, I have a whole soundtrack playlist, um, with instrumental soundtracks. Um, 
And uh, this is really funny, but one of my favorite ones is from How to Train Your Dragon. <laughs> I, I love that soundtrack. I just, it's, it's really powerful and fun. And I also listen to the Pride and Prejudice soundtrack, but that's for work. So for the dance-a-thons, um, I have this oldies but goodies playlist and it's got the Eagles. It's got Pink Floyd. It's got Bruce Springsteen. It's got, Oh, I mean the first concert I ever went to was Neil Diamond. And so there's, there's of course, sweet Caroline is on there and we all sing it at the top of our lungs. Paul Simon's on there. Um, so we listen to a lot of that. And then if, if I'm really in the mood to go totally crazy with my daughter, we put on, Broadway musical soundtracks and we sing we sing Julie Andrews and the uh, family yeah. our lungs <laughs> I, and uh, I think you and I are very similar music wise it sounds like <laughs> yeah yeah I mean but what, what better to cheer you up than yeah than a great Broadway musical I mean really so um so I'm actually going yeah. to see Hugh, hopefully going to see Hugh Jackman in um oh my gosh music yeah in the oh music I'm so jealous <laughs> Uh, take me with you take me yeah, with you yeah <laughs> not, so not, not until next december but i'm so excited because um, the music man that was one of my mom's favorite musicals and i was raised listening to musicals and watching some of the old great musicals with my my mom and my grandmother loved them too so the music man is up there um on the top so i'm oh. excited him. <laughs> I, well i saw the uh i was there uh, on broadway when they did the um uh gosh it was a it was like 2000 they did a revival of it and uh it has very great personal meaning to me uh but um i but i i swear i would i don't know i i would i would give up an organ to, to see that show i would i mean i would just love i love the show uh, i i i saw it in 2000 with my um with my grandma and my cousin who both now passed on and uh, so it's a very special memory to me and a very special show. And also my sister was Marion in uh, oh. her school show. And so, uh, I don't know, just a lot of personal meaning. Plus, I just love the show. I love oh, yeah. the meaning behind the show about, you know, second chances and yep. there, there's no lost causes. That everybody, I agree. It's so I agree. Good. Marion the librarian. You should see if you can get tickets. Oh, I mean, I, I, I hate, I wouldn't ask you, but I feel like the, I feel like those tickets are going to be th like a thousand dollars. Oh, Crazy oh no, they, no, 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 they weren't. They weren't. So really? you should definitely, you should go online after we get off the call, go online, <laughs> see if you can get tickets. <laughs> oh, but, uh, <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. I love, I love Broadway and I, I love the classics like you were talking about. I have very fond memories of a little, as a little girl, uh, listening to the beach boys and, and, oh, yeah. and dancing to the beach boys that, that was really, even before the Beatles or any of the other stuff, I, that kind of stuff I would find when I was more of a, a tween or a teen, but yeah, I, I remember as a little girl just dancing and, and listening to the beach boys. And yeah. Yeah. I love, well, I grew up in Southern California and my dad loved the beach boys. So we listened to the beach boys a lot. And my, my oldest son loved, he went through a, a huge Beatles phase. So we have the whole beat. I mean, we yeah. listened to the Beatles we've got I love that playlist because it just it, I, I when I put it on shuffle I never know what song is coming but I know yeah. it's going to be a really happy one <laughs> right 
That's yeah, great. Fun. Lately, my big thing, uh, my my calming music has been uh, putting on like an '80s power ballad. Oh, that's <laughs> mix. awesome! I don't even know why, but like awesome. it'll be, it'll be <laughs> like Ario Speedwagon. It's just like something about it. It's just like oh, okay. <laughs> I love Ario. I love Ario Speedwagon, and you know, we watched Frozen two a couple of weeks oh. ago. And my son and I, so you know the the, the, like the, in the woods, yeah. Chicago-esque ballad oh, in that movie. So <laughs> we paused it and we replayed that scene about five different times. Yes. And my, oldest, my oldest son and I were singing at the top of our lungs. We started singing <laughs> Chicago's, um, oh my gosh, the, you know our yeah. love was meant to be. You're my inspiration. Um, yes. So yes. you can sing, you can sing, you're my inspiration while the movie is yes. playing with that ballad and the songs harmonize with each other. So we yeah. cracked up because we were doing this whole montage. <laughs> it was so much fun. You have to try that, it. Watch that scene and sing You're My Inspiration while you're watching it. Yeah, I was, obs I mean, I still am obsessed with Lost in the Woods. I thought it was so funny. We it were, was my friend and I were just dying laughing. The whole theater was laughing. Yeah. It was, it was so good. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. And yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm such a sucker for Disney movies yeah. too. Even, even, I mean, I, I watch them, I watch them shamelessly with my, my children <laughs> and even alone, I watch them. I mean, yeah. I just, I love them. So I, I loved for, I mean, I loved the original Frozen. I loved Frozen too. I loved the whole idea that basically the villain was their grandparents yeah that uh, they kind of learned this this whole new thing about their family and they had to deal with that and yeah i, I loved great. that too yeah i thought that was really timely and a, a really great thing to open discussions for a lot of things yeah with kids. so, so yeah very, well very good uh so what is your go-to date night food you read all these food foodie books oh my gosh um <laughs> so if it's a date night in, which we have been having more and more of, <laughs> yeah. um, so my husband and I love to order sushi. I, I love good sushi. Um, and also Thai fusion. I'm, I'm, I have a huge weakness for, for Thai fusion food. Um, but, um, if we're going out, I, I have to say I, I, I love going places where I can get really, this really good fish. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love, I love fish. I love, I love mild fish. So, yeah. um, I don't, yeah, but, um, but sushi is our, sushi is our go-to yeah. date night. If, if we're staying in and we're watching movies and stuff like that, definitely sushi. Yeah. See, that's smart because uh, a lot of stuff, it's, it's like, uh, do I really want to get that going out? Because I can just make it super easy. Like I can make a thing of pasta or, or chicken Alfredo or something like that. That's easy. Um, right. Whereas like sushi, I can't really, you know, no. maybe I can learn, but it's not gonna be the same as like a sushi person. Sushi, right. Yeah. Or, uh, right. yeah, or most Asian food is really hard. Like I don't even have the spices. Right. Need. And so I'm, I'm with, you, I'm with you there. Uh, so what's your favorite go-to date night activity? Oh my gosh. Um, well, usually we, we go out for dinner. I mean, that's, that's a really big deal for us because, you know, we don't have a whole lot of time during the week just to have alone time together, to yeah. have a decent 
conversation without getting interrupted 500 times by our kids. Um, so, so we go out for dinner and then we have in the town where I live, we have a really nice main street. So if the weather's nice, we walk up and down main street. Aww, sometimes, that's so yeah, cool. sometimes we go see a movie. Um, but a lot of times we just go out to dinner because that in and of itself is really nice. We get to sit and look at each other across the table and you know, yeah. no one, is, you know, we're not having to tell our kids to behave at the dinner table. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so just being, just being together and having that time together, no matter what we're doing is always really nice. Um, so yeah. And I mean, yeah, yeah. Very good. That's, that's All right. So dogs or cats? Dogs. Yeah. Dogs. I had cats growing up and I had this awesome cat named Fluffy and he was the best cat ever. He used to, he figured out he was tall enough that he could stand on his hind legs and open the garage door and <laughs> sneak into our, he would sneak into our house during the day and he would make his way to my bedroom. And no matter how many times my mom would put him in the garage, cause she was actually allergic to cats, but she would put him in the garage during the day. He would be, by the time I got home from school, he would be waiting for me on my bed. Aww, so, that's so he was, cute. He was awesome. But then when I was a teenager, we got dogs and um, we, I have, we, I have a dog named Sadie. She's a miniature golden doodle and she's Aww. absolutely, she's awesome. Yeah. Those yeah. Are so cute. Very good. Yeah. Uh, okay. Beaches or mountains? Beaches. Me too. Definitely <laughs> beaches. With yeah. you there. Uh, <laughs> so would you rather be in a fancy dress or sweats? Oh my gosh. Um, well, probably a fancy dress just because yeah. it's fun, but right. not for a very long period of time. I right. mean, a fancy dress for two hours and then I'm done. Then I'm out and I'm in sweats. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds good. As long as I don't have to wear heels, I, that, that would be, I, I hate wearing heels. Um, yeah. Yeah. So what is your favorite holiday to celebrate? Christmas. I think Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Christmas is really, it's just a Hard happy time of year. Yeah. So. All right. Last question. Uh, and you can, uh, it, I don't know if you have one, but do you have a favorite Hallmark movie that you? Watch? Oh, um, well, I have to say I, so I grew up watching the Hallmark hall of fame movies. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, <laughs> so um, the two that really stuck out in my mind from the years that I spent watching those, I mean, Sarah Plain and Tall was probably yeah. one of the first Hallmark Hall of Fame movies that I ever saw. And I loved it. I just absolutely loved it. Glenn Close and, yeah. and Christopher Walken, you know, that was amazing. Um, I also loved The Magic of Ordinary Days um, with Carrie Russell. I think yeah. that was a great one. Um, Hallmark Channel movies. So... I actually, um, my daughter and I watched *A Winter Princess* with Natalie Hall. Yeah, and that one That's was fun. really sweet. I mean, it kind of reminded me a little bit of *Roman Holiday*. I'm, I'm a super, I'm a big fan of old classic movies, um, and that one, you know, the premise reminded me of *Roman Holiday* with, um, with Audrey Hepburn. Um, so, and my daughter my daughter just, she loves stuff like that. So we really enjoyed watching that together. The seven year hitch was yes, so, right? that one's so, so good. cute. Yeah. So cute. And so funny. And, um, 
last year for a Christmas one, um, we watched Just in Time for Christmas, the one with Christopher Lloyd and William Shatner as um, oh yeah as, as Santa, and that <laughs> one was that one was really cute too because mm-hmm. I, I liked I liked the idea of how there can be you know I I'm so intrigued by the idea that there are multiple paths that any one person can take in their lives and. Yeah. Depending on the choices you make, you know, you um, you go down a totally different path. And so I, I loved that movie because yeah. of that idea, the whole concept. Um, that, so, one's yeah, I mean, that one's a deep cut. That one's a deep cut. Yeah. And and cool. right now, right now, my my daughter and I are making our way through um, When Calls the Heart, which um, mm-hmm. I we I'm enjoying that. And and it's the, she's the perfect age to watch stuff like that. And so. You know, we we're in a household with um, three men and and two girls, so we're a little outnumbered. So the yeah. more Hallmark Channel stuff we get to watch, the better. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> we need which, we need our Hallmark Channel fix. <laughs> which which season of When Calls Harder are you on? Do you know? Oh my gosh, we're we're right at the beginning, so we're not even. Oh. We're not even. Yeah, we're not even. I think we're almost done with season one, so we're still oh. right at the beginning. Okay, yeah, good. yeah. We have a lot. We have a long way to go. We have a long way. You're ready. Start building yourself mentally, spiritually for season five. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> That's all I'll say. Oh, it sounds like you're giving me. I, this is what people told me when I when I, I watched This Is Us, and this is what everyone was telling me about This Is Us. I can't watch one episode of that show without crying. Yeah. So. <laughs> Well, very good. That was great. You did a great job. This was really fun to talk with you. I love hearing about writers and their journey. And, and uh, I, I just admire that a lot. And so thank you so much for coming on and talking with us. And we'll be excited to see the movie. And do you have a uh, social media you'd like to share? Uh, sure, I do. So you can find me on um, Facebook and Instagram at Suzanne Nelson Books. And on Twitter, I'm at S Nelson Books. And then my website is just SuzanneNelson.com. And if anybody wants to make a lot of bacony treats for the movie night tomorrow night, I've got all these bacon themed recipes up on yeah. my author blog right now. So everybody should definitely go check it out. And if you have bacon in your house, if you actually have bacon among the things that, that you're able to find at your local grocery store, then make yourself some fun bacon treat for tomorrow for your movie night viewing. Yeah. And let us know on Twitter what you, what you make. That would be fun to see oh, yeah. recipes and stuff. So uh, very good. Well, you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, and YouTube, and Ron Tomatoes. So check that out. And then also make sure you're following the podcast at Hallmark pod and homework is podcast all over social media and on itunes and youtube and if you're listening on itunes please leave us your ratings and reviews we appreciate it so much and if you're listening on youtube or watching on youtube please leave us give us a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel we appreciate that so much and we have our patron group which is really fun and so appreciated and we also have our merch store, which has really fun Hardee's and Hallmarkies inspired merch and postables. So check that out. And thank you so much, Suzanne. This was a blast. I really enjoyed talking with you. And we'll hopefully be able to have you back sometime because I thought this was great. And uh, good luck with the movie tomorrow and your, your new books and everything. Thank you so much. It was, it was great talking to you too. It was so much fun to be on. And I, 
I hope I get to come on again. That would yeah, be awesome. That would be fun. <laughs> all right. Well, let us know what you think, everybody. And we'll talk to you all later. Bye. Bye.